Hello and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center's Victoria's Living Podcast. Victoria's Living Christian Center is a church that strives to stand for goodness and is committed to encourage and show a better way. A church whose vision is to see God's people living a victorious life. This is accomplished through community outreach, education, healthy living, and support groups while still providing spiritual growth. Our goal is to meet the needs of man, spiritually as well as naturally. So welcome and enjoy. open in prayer father we thank you for this day we thank you for this time we thank you oh god for this opportunity to come together to learn of you to get an understanding to see more and go into depth of the wicked devices of the enemy father to get an understanding of his strategy father we pray in the name of jesus that you will open up our hearts and our minds to receive open up our ears to hear open up our eyes to see father we pray oh god that all uh, distractions and all chaos come to a cease, come to a halt right now in the name of Jesus. Father, help us to draw our hearts and our minds in to the lesson that is being taught on tonight. We pray, oh God, that it would help us to grow in you, help us to, to be stronger in you and to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Father, we love you, we praise you, we give you all glory and honor in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So screw tape letter number 18. Um, I have a couple of notes down. And basically what I have written down, let me look at the same. It talks about love. There's a difference between, let me see if I can kind of get a gist of it. Pastor John, you yes. said it, you, you, you reviewed it. Can you give us a little synopsis of it? I'm trying to get in my mind on here. Okay, let me open it. Let me read the thing. Then I can get, I go from there. Let me read the um, introduction. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pastor John. In this letter, Screwtape helps Wormwood understand that God's standard regarding sexual activities, either abstinence or monogamy within marriage. Screwtape then explains the drastically different perspectives between God and Satan on the designs of sexual union between a man and a woman. And the quote is, the whole philosophy of hell rests on recognition of the axiom that one thing is not another thing, especially that one self is not another self. My good is my good and your good is yours. What one gains, another loses. And that was a quote from um, Screwtape. Now I kind of understand what's going on. Um, there's a difference the difference between God's love and the difference between the enemy's uh, viewpoint of love is that God's love is self-sacrificing and the enemy's love is self-satisfying um Screwtape made a comment, my good is my good and your good is your good. 
Um, no connecting or intertwining of the two. That means what's good for me, I'm going to go for what's good for me. It's like, you do you. I'm going to do me. You do you. That's the type of attitude that screw tape has. And a lot of people in today's society says, you do you, but I'm going to do me. And it's not giving of oneself to the other as like with Christ, with the marriage and with union, it's, it's union is the giving of oneself to another, self-sacrificing to the sense where you would give yourself to your spouse or your, you know, and then the spouse and in return, they will give. Like it's a, it's a, it's an intertwining of the two. The Bible talks about how the two shall become as one. Um, so, so screw tape wants the patient to believe that marriage is based on the emotional aspects of love in terms of you receiving and never giving all good is radically personal and private. So he believes that love is, is gimme, 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 never giving. Amen. Amen. Um, so let's look at look a little bit deeper. Does anyone, John, do you have anything you want to say or add to it? Because that's pretty much what I wrote down. There honestly isn't a whole lot of details to this lesson. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, made a Lord. No. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, I'm serious. I'm laughing, but I'm serious. Um, okay, let's look at the questions. According to Screw Tape, what dilemma has God placed on the human race in regards to his demands on sexuality? And why is this a dilemma? Let's take a look and see. Do anybody have their little books? Joy, you didn't do your little uh, workbook, honey? No, I didn't do my little workbook, no. <laughs> Let me see what the question. I have the uh, little cheat sheet here. Let me go pull it up. In, in paragraph number two, it says, let's read paragraph number two. The enemy's demand on human takes the form of a dilemma, either complete abstinence or unmitigated monogamy. Ever since our father's first great victory, we have rendered the former very difficult to them. The latter for the last few centuries have been closing up as a way of escape. We have done this through the poets and novelists by persuading the humans that a curious and usually short-lived experience which they call being in love is the only respectable ground for marriage. That marriage can and ought to render this excitement permanent and that a marriage which does not do so is no longer binding. This idea of our parity of an idea that came from the enemy. Okay, yeah, one thing that he's saying in this part and this thing is that the dilemma is that God says that marriage, once you become one, once you two are united, it's not always going to be good. You're gonna have your your moments. You're gonna have your you know your 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 struggles. It's not always gonna be this oh if if euphoric feeling of I'm in love and I'm floating on cloud nine and and oh you know we're we're tipped onto the tulips. Everything is so beautiful and rosy and and oh he loves me and I love him and it's just so wonderful to to be in love and everything is just so perfect. And once that, once you come off that cloud, <laughs> after honeymoon, after the honeymoon is over, you got some issues <laughs> because 
You don't like what I like. I don't like what you like. I don't. That's a pet peeve for me. You snore. You like to suck your teeth, or or I don't eat my meat that way, or I don't eat fat. I don't drink that, but I do. And you know, well, I don't. I don't like that brand of toilet paper, but I like this brand of toilet paper. Or I like to put the roll of toilet paper facing outward. No, I like to have the roll of toilet paper <laughs> facing inward. I mean, those things. Just giving you examples of the things that we, me and John, went through when we first got married. Um, <laughs> You, you know, when you realize that, okay, this is a whole different person with a whole different personality who may not agree with everything you want or everything that you feel. And, you know, are you going to say, you know what, I don't want to be married to you no more because you don't like um, Sprite. I like Sierra Miss. You like Sprite. Or you don't, I like Sprite and you like Sierra Miss, so we can't be together anymore. Or... Um, you know, something like that. You know, I mean, I know it's kind of drastic, but people have separating divorce for, for, for crazy things. But once you hit a uh, obstacle or once you hit a, a, a roadblock or something comes up, a, a situation comes up, a lot of people want to bail. But what God is saying that in the good and in the bad, marriage is binding. That you're not always going, it's not always going to be a, 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 a love, a blessed well, it's going to be blessed because God blessed it, but it's not going to be always a positive and good thing that sometimes marriage is hard. It takes work. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of giving and, and sacrificing. It takes a lot of giving into, a lot of compromising, a lot of working between the differences. You know, you pick your own battles. If you don't like Sprite, fine. I'll give you Sierra Mist, but I'm going to drink Sprite, you know? It's okay. It's okay. We can agree to disagree, you know, but a lot of, but what, but what the enemy wants to do is he wants to, soon as trouble comes, he wants you to say that D word. He wants that D word to come. He throws that D word in your mind and that's divorce. He throws that, that word in your mind and automatically like, you know what? This ain't going to work. Uh-uh, this ain't going to work. I can tell you how many times I told this man, I told John that this is not going to work. Uh-uh, this ain't going to work. You know what? I should have never married you. This is this was a big mistake. I said that to that man. The first first couple of years <laughs> of our marriage, I've I've said it out my mouth. I said it. He didn't say it. I said it. You know what? This ain't gonna work. Uh, uh I'm so sorry. I misled you. You know what? Let's get an annulment because you know what? Mm -mm. We ain't we. This ain't working here. This ain't working. And he was like, I'm not going anywhere and you're not going anywhere and we're going to work this thing out. And here we are 18 years later. Well, 18 on the 25th of this month, it'll be 18 years that we've been married. Praise God. But that's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to jump ship at the sign of the first sign of trouble. So... He wants it to be like, like I, I answered question number two. He wants it to be like all based on feeling. It's all based on feeling. Like it's gotta be a good feeling. It's gotta be the butterflies in the stomach and you know, the roses when you come home, you know, you get the little roses. Um, you know, you ain't give me no roses for Valentine's or what happened to my, you know, you look for those things, even though it's a nice gesture, but there may be sometimes he may forget your anniversary or she may forget your birthday. I mean, it happens, but you know, it's still, you're still together. You're still as one. I know Patrice and Joy, y'all like, oh, I ain't married. 
<laughs> Can I be you excused know, from this lesson? <laughs> no, I wasn't going to teach it, but I do understand that um, one of the things that, and I've seen it lately with the younger people, they just want to be together and they do it all backwards. They had a baby first and then they try to figure out how to make it work. But at the same time, nobody right. realizes that it is two people coming together as one, two different mindsets, two different pathologies on how people were raised and how they're, you know, what they went through as children, all that comes to the table as one. Right. And if you don't deal with that in your courting stages and have a conversation or go to counseling or whatever to what it, what marriage really is, because the world will make you think that, like you say, you know, you got all this, these stupid shows, The Bachelor and all. I'm oh. over it. I just don't understand how you think you're going to deal with 18 people and you're going to pick a wife at the end of six weeks. I just, that's just dumb. But everybody thinks that that is based on, like you say, the romantic, the Cupid part of it. But when two people come together, it's always going to be trouble. It's always going to be an issue. And, you, and you're talking about the small things. We're not even talking about real life. Somebody loses a job and illnesses right. and the, the real stuff, the real hard stuff. And if you're not willing to work at your relationship, if you don't think it's worth working and you all you bring to the table is yourself, all you're going to think about yourself and your feelings because your mindset was given. This was supposed to be this way and it's not. Well, that's not how life is. And you don't have to be married to understand that. You know, like even you just be dating somebody or even having a roommate in college. Hello. You know, same thing. Yeah. So the mindset is, like you said, the enemy wants to take our mind off of it, but the, but the, our world, the society that we live in has trumped up romance so bad that everybody wants it because a lot of people have never been loved, but they don't even know what that looks like because love awesome. is sacrifice. Awesome. 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 You led us right to the next question. I said, I give... knew it. <laughs> First Corinthians 13. Somebody get 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And I want someone to read it for me, please. Hallelujah. And then I want also someone to get Ephesians 5, 21. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you guys know about the clubhouse thing? This clubhouse thing. Anybody like doing that clubhouse thing? No, I ain't doing that mess. That's for people who are who want to network and be exposed to other people and yeah. All that. And I, 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 I I did it, but I never joined a room. But I just saw a title talking about thirsty prophets <laughs> in <No>. clubhouse. <laughs> That's okay. There they go. There they go. The cash out prophets have made it to the clubhouse. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So. Anyone got First Corinthians 13, 4 through 7? Mm. I got Ephesians. You got Ephesians? Okay. Royale or Ian, can you guys get First Corinthians 13, 4 through 7? Since you mentioned that first, I figured I'll go to the second one. Uh-huh. You good. I can quote it. First Corinthians. I, I can quote Ephesians. <laughs> okay, good. Well, let me, I got I'm it. I'll just it up, it. Everybody, every, every, in, are you on? 
Yeah, I'm I'm trying to look it up um on my uh app on my phone. Yo, what phone? The app. I've got the app, the oh. Bible app. So I was looking oh, it up. The, the Apple iPhone. I was like, wait a minute, you ain't got an iPhone. Charity suffered. It's, yeah, it starts at charity. First Corinthians 13, starting at verse number four through eight. <clears throat> <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, I need some tea right about now. I was thinking about that too. Yeah, why don't you go make some? <laughs> Y'all pray for me and Pastor John. Whew. Getting cold again. Okay, I think I got it. Okay. Read. <laughs> love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and is and is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked nor oversensitive and easy anger. <clears throat> it does not take unto account of wrong endure. It does not rejoice in justice, but re rejoices with the, with the truth. Mm -hmm. When right and truth prevail, love bear all things, regardless of what comes. Amen. Uh, Amen. That's verse number seven. I just want you to read to verse seven. That's it. Okay. Very good. Thank you so much. So we see Paul's definition of love. Mm -hmm. And that's the same way God wants us to be. He doesn't want us to be puffed up or envious or prideful or just self-seeking. He said, which version was that? Was that, um, which version did you read? I, I, that wasn't King James. Which one was that, um, Ann? Amplified? No, let me see. Ooh, I want to read. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read y'all. Yeah, that was amplified. Amplified version. Well, you got another uh, translation you want to read? <laughs> yeah, I saw. I saw the amplified classic. It said, "Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never, love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious." does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, <laughs> arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Ooh. Ooh, Father God. I gotta say a lot of that right there. <laughs> it pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Mm. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. It hopes 
are, its hopes are faded. Um, no, I'm sorry. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. It endures everything without weakening. Wow, that is, yeah. It endures everything without weakening. That means it is it is steadfast and it's immovable. The love of God is steadfast and immovable. Whew. And what is it? What was that little thing? It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Mm, 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 mm. It takes no account of the evil done to it. Father, help me on today. That's why we have to learn how to forgive and we have to let it go. We can't hold grudges. God doesn't want us to hold grudge. Love doesn't hold a grudge. Love doesn't hold a grudge and love doesn't look for justice to be served. You know, it doesn't, you said, um, Ian, on your version, you said something about it, about justice. Let me see. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoice when right and truth prevail. Verse number six, Ian, can you read that again? What you just wrote, what you read on verse number six in your version? Because you said something that was that was more, that was good. Okay. In verse number six. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth. When right and truth prevail. Okay. It rejoices with the truth. It doesn't rejoice at injustice, but it rejoices with the truth. Okay. Say pretty much the same thing. So it rejoices when things are good. It rejoices when the truth is prevailed. It doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness or injustices. So that is Paul's definition of love. Um, so this right here lets you know that even that love is not always going to be um, a good thing. It's not always going to be a, 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 a ease or, or satisfying or it's self-sacrificing. That's the bottom line. Love is self-sacrificing for God. So loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He sacrificed his son for us. Jesus allowed them to nail him to the cross stretch him high, stretch him wide, and he hung him high. You know what I'm saying? He allowed it because at any given moment, he could have said, you know what? I ain't going through all this. You know, he did not have to, but he had us in mind. He had all of us in mind because he knew that in this time and in this dispensation, we were going to be trusting and believing and 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 rejoicing in the fact that he did that. He sacrificed for us. He knew that we were going to accept him as our personal savior. So he went through all of this for us said that when it time came, we would have the opportunity and the ability to live eternal with him. He could have said, no, I'm not going through this. But Jesus allowed them to crucify him. He allowed him to whip him all night long. His body disfigured. He sacrificed his life for us. What greater love is there for man to lay down his life? He died in our place. Amen. Amen. Okay, so now let's read Ephesians 5. 
Ephesians 5, 21, yep. Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Okay, yeah, keep reading. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you only said 21 before. But, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm trying but to get the it. rest of it is kind of relevant. Yeah, go ahead. Keep so going. submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be their own husbands, be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and give and gave himself for it. Keep going. That he, I was, yeah, I was, I was trying to read ahead and see how much farther to go. Uh that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Mm -hmm. So ought man to love their wives as their own bodies he that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherishes it. Cherisheth it. Cherisheth it. Even, cherished, cherisheth it. Even as the Lord, the church, for we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bone. Mm -hmm. Last verse. For this cause shall man leave his father and his mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be as one flesh. Mm -hmm. This mystery is very great, but I speak concerning the, revel the relation of Christ and the church. You said one more verse. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I see that it says it's 33. Um, go ahead, read 33. This is the last one. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, it did say to read all the way to 33? Yeah, it did say 33. I'm sorry. You just told me. Um, I know. Yeah, anyway. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nevertheless, let every one of you in practice, oh, in particular, so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife, see that she revealed reverence her husband mm. Mm. okay i gotta read i gotta read i gotta read 33 and amplify classic this is good however let each man of you without exception love his wife as being in a sense his very own self and let the wife see that she respects and reverence her husband that she notices him regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates and esteems him, and that she defers to him, praises him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. I mean, give your boo some props. You got to give your boo some props. <laughs> give your boo some props. So anyway, um, 
<clears throat> so what does this passage tells us about the quality of love the husbands and wives are to have for each other? What is one word that I'm looking for? Out of all of this, what is one word that I'm looking for? Begins with an oh. S. Can anyone take a guess at it? What did you say? It begins with what? The letter S. S as in Sam. I thought we already said that. Sacrifice, right? Nope. That's not the word. Nope. But but you're close. Um, I don't know. Okay, so what is it? What is basically what the scripture is saying? Submit. There you go. You is all right. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, Lord. What does she win today, John? Uh, I don't know. All right. Yes. Submission. We should submit one to another. You know, um, it's a give and take. It's not always one-sided. It's not me, 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 me. But it's we, 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 we. And I'm not saying French for yes. It's, um, you know, submitting one to another, respecting one to another, no boundaries, you know, establishing, you know, there's certain things, you know, just, just coming together and working together and becoming that one flesh. Yes. I think a lot of people have a problem with submission because they don't understand the word. They don't understand the meaning of it. Come on and now. they think that submission, you know, basically is let someone take over your life and exactly. all that. And that's why a lot of people have changed the vows. You know, when they get married, they're like, I'm not saying that word and I'm not doing that. When they don't even understand what that is. You know, yeah. I mean, when you talk about submission, I mean, it's not even just about just marriage. It's just about relationship. I mean, you have parents have to submit to their children. Children got to submit to their parents. I mean, it's a lot. With that, but I think because they don't you know? understand the meaning of the word and they've they've gotten the, the incorrect definition through time and from other people's experience and what they believe submit is, then it's it's been misconstrued and, and it's you know that's like that's like to some people it's like a curse word, you know. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um in healthy relationships. Partners are not forced into submission. Submission is an act that is expressed mutually and voluntarily. Being submissive helps us to be less self-centered and allows us to consider the desires of others. So it's not like being enslaved. You're not, you're, you're not being enslaved. Wives are not slaves to the husband and vice versa. You know, we reverence him, we, we honor and respect the, the husband as the head because he is the head as Christ of the church. He, the Lord, the, the family is patterned after the church or the church is patterned after the family where the husband is the head, which is Christ and the church is the bride. And that, that Christ is the head of the church. Um, it's not, us per se, we're just the shepherds, we're just the leaders, but Christ is the head of the church. So in a marriage, it's the same thing. Uh-oh. 
Uh-oh, oh, no, I'm just saying, I just saw, um, what'd you call him? Is she, is she, okay, so, um, <clears throat> so in a marriage, um, it's like, we, we as wives are not slaves to our husbands, but we just reverence them as Christ, you know, the same way the pattern as Christ, you know, with the church, so we reverence our husbands. It's not like we are enslaved or, you know, and it's kind of hard because, because when you're in a marriage and you're unequally yoked or you're, you're saved and the other isn't, it's kind of hard trying to work through that because you may have a husband that is not, that don't know, that is not saved and don't know. And he thinks of that submission as, you know, you supposed to submit, you know, and, and like, and, and if you don't, you deserve a beat down. Or, or something, because you know, some 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 unsaved marriages are like that. They think that submission, like you saying, prophets, um, people don't know what this true term of submission is. And I think as marriage counselors, when we counsel uh, couples that are going into marriage, that's one of the things that, you know, we need to really hone in on and like make that very, very clear and plain to the couple so that they won't go in or they won't or the husband won't feel that you know he's you know he calls the shots and that she has no say in the matter because that's not how it goes you know there should be a discussion there should be a mutual agreement some things you know you the husband may take a stand and may have to make the final decision and you know and then and the wife has to you know respect it they may not agree but you know you know being in a place of submission and understanding, okay, but if it's something that really that you really feel that is not going to work and that is really going to become a problem, then you know the husband needs to understand and 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 um, hear the wife out, and that's that all comes with working together, learning each other, understanding each other, and, you know, coming to mutual agreements. That's all a part of marriage. You know, so anyone has anything else they want to say about it? Any questions, comments? Anybody agree or disagree? Okay, good. All right. So <laughs> uh, now in paragraph number four, let me see if I can find this thing again. Hold on one second, guys. Where is it? Paragraph. Why is this thing? Why is my thing? I'm sorry. It's acting as if I don't. It's like all my stuff is gone. What do you mean? Screw tape letters. Okay, hold on. You know how you log out and you join on something and it's brand new. You have to go and um, find everything, like sign into everything and give your password and all that stuff. It looks like my whole thing kicked me out, and I kind of like have to go all the way in and um, sign in and log in my password and pull up stuff when I before I could easily just press it and it'll open up to it. So it's kind of acting weird, but I, I got it. It's opening up now. <clears throat> so 
Screwtape says that God's philosophy contradicts that of Satan's. And paragraph number four, let me see where it says, paragraph number four. Okay, paragraph number four is one, two. The whole philosophy of hell rests on recognition of the axiom that one thing is not another thing, and specifically that one self is not another self. My good is my good, and your good is yours. What one gains, another loses. Even an inanimate object is what it is by excluding all other objects from the space it occupies. If it expands, it does so by thrusting other objects aside or by absorbing them. A self does the same. With beasts, the absorption takes the form of eating. For us, it means the sucking of will and freedom out of a weaker self into a stronger. To be means to be in competition. So, um, that's, that was paragraph number three. Okay. Now the enemy's philosophy is nothing more or less than one continued attempt to evade this very obvious truth. His aim at a contradiction. There are to be many, yet somehow also one. The good of one self is to be the good of another. This impossibility he calls love and the same monotonous panacea can be detected under all he does and even all he is or claims to be. Thus, he is not content, even himself to be a sheer arithmetic, arithmetic mm, arithmetical unity. He claims to be three as well as one in order that this nonsense about love may find a foothold in his own nature. At the other end of the scale, he introduces into matter that a seen invention the organism in which the parts are perverted from their natural destiny of competition and made to cooperate. Okay. So when it says, Screwtape says that God's philosophy contradicts that of Satan now. In God's economy, the good of oneself is to be the good of another. It is a true love and not a feeling of being in love. It is sacrificial and in the best interest of the other. We are to be one with another. Satan hates this concept by putting the wants and needs of other people above our own needs and wants. In his world, everybody would use everybody else for their own desires and leave them by the roadside afterwards. So um, his philosophy is that we should be, you know, once again, self-sacrificing and that Satan feels that the philosophy is that get what you can, suck them out, suck them dry, and then kick them to the uh, curb. He used an analogy in here about the... Um, what was it, the, the widow, the black widow? That after they have mated, they eat the male spider. Is that the one, is this the one that talks about that? Hello, anybody out there? Yes, it is. Yeah, so his, yes. <laughs> his um idea, oh, there, here it is, here it is over on the next page. All right, let's see. Da, 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 da. 
his own the very next paragraph his real motive for fixing on sex as a method of reproduction among humans is only too apparent from the use he has made of it sex might be may have been from our point of view quite innocent it might have been merely one more mode in which a stronger self preyed upon a weaker as it is indeed among the spiders where the bride concludes her nuptials by eating her groom but in the humans the enemy has graciously associated affection between the parties with sexual desire he has also made the offspring dependent on the parents and given the parents an impulse to support it thus producing the family which is like the organism only worse for the members are more distinct yet also united in a more conscious and responsible way the whole thing in fact turns out to be simply one more device for dragging in love so he also works on the family unit that um where the love for a child even goes as far as to say about how um parents respond and and uh communicate or you know uh what's the word i'm trying to say uh interact with their children that there's also a love there um and even the child has a natural love for the parent um when you show love to that child the child in return shows love back and we have to teach our children that as well show them love and they understand so when they grow up they understand what it is to show love to be self-sacrificing amen Amen. Amen. So, um, I think we pretty much kind of concluded where we was at because we talked about being one flesh, you know. So, I think that kind of ends our lesson for tonight. Anybody got any other questions? Any comments? Anything that I missed that maybe you guys read and want to point out and share? Pastor John or Elder Joya or Prophetess Patrice or Sister Roy L, Brother Ian? <laughs> anyone? Anyone? Oh, uh, we help? covered it. We're good. Okay, did this help anyone? Any Anyone? Did it give you an understanding of, of the self-sacrificing as opposed to self-centered? Self-sacrificing opposed to self-satisfying. And he wants you to satisfy your own flesh. If you get what you can, suck them dry, and kick them to the wayside. That's the, that's the enemy's viewpoint on love. Self-seeking, inconsiderate, and selfish, you mean? Yeah, use use them till you use me. Keep on using me till you use me up. And, uh, that was good with this song. That's my song. Be quiet. <laughs> and that's pretty much. Oh, that's my cue. That's pretty much what the enemy does. He uses you till he uses you up, and then when he sees he cannot get anything else out of you, he drops you like a hotcake. Um, that reminds you of those horror movies you see where people grab the person and they open their mouths and they suck the, the life out of them and they shrivel up to like a little a little 
a little shriveled up prune and then they drop them and they're like just like looking like a skeleton like skin and bones and mouth all open eyes sunken in okay i watched okay, a movie okay. like that <laughs> i watched okay. a movie like that recently i don't mummy. watch horror so the mummy does that remember the mummy no hemotep uh-uh stop uh-uh. i'm sorry i like <laughs> I like that movie. I like scary movies. I can't do scary movies. I'm I sorry. Like Brandon, I like Brandon Fraser. He made it funny. No, I got delivered from The Exorcist when I was a kid, so I'm good. Oh, yeah. Now, that is, that's demonic. Those... I was 10 years old. I had no business. That's when you didn't, they didn't, they didn't card you to go to the movies. We snuck in, yeah. me and my brother called ourselves being grown, but we got, we got taught a big, valuable lesson. We ain't sleep for a week. Oh my God, you girl! We were so scared to go in the bathroom. <laughs> we were scared no. of everything. You know what movie did that for me? The 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 uh, the right. Was it the last right or the right? The one with Anthony Hopkins. The one where the priest got uh possessed by the yes. devil. Oh, that thing bothered me for days. It bothered me. Yeah, that disturbed my. Spirit. It's the difference between a horror movie and a demonic movie. Yeah, demonic movies bother me. There's a difference. Yes, because <laughs> you know some. Yeah, it's it's a difference. But and the mummy wasn't a horror movie. That was more action. Yeah, well, yeah. it was funny, but yes. So, but that's the like the when I think about what this what Screw Tape is saying as far as how they how their viewpoint on love. Now that's their viewpoint on love, mind you. So, um, if so, their attitude is. If you don't give me what I want and give me all that you have, you don't love me. So you look at a couple and you're like, this is one-sided. One is always giving, 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 giving. And the other side is taking, 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 taking. But where's the other side? Where, where, where are you? Where is it reversing? Is there any type of reversing going on? Because it should be an exchange between the two. It shouldn't be one-sided where you see one always giving and the other one always taking. The one who's taking needs to flip around and start giving to the other. It's got to be a back and forth, a mutual agreement between the two. <laughs> because if it's one-sided and it's always you're just you're the one always giving and the other one's always taking, then that's not that's not a First Corinthians. Um, what was that scripture that Ian read? First Corinthians four. What was it? Help me out, y'all. Four and thirteen. Yes, thank you, dear. That that's not First Corinthians four thirteen. No. You know, if you read it, it tells you that it's not self-satisfying. Self, yes, self-satisfying. You know, it gives, it, it, it shares, you know, it's not puffed up, it's not all that stuff. So, amen. 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 So let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord God, for this time. Father, we thank you for the lesson that you taught us on tonight about love. And Lord, even though it, it kind of basically, uh, surrounded marriage but god even in just our everyday relationships where our love between our families our love between our children father let there be a give and take in the relationship not always giving and not always just taking but let it be a mutual exchange between the two father let there be love that self 
uh, sacrificing love, the love that shows the other person that you are concerned and that you do care, that type of love that shows that you have their best interest at hand. Father, help us to grow in this word. Help us to apply it to our daily lives in the mighty name of Jesus. And we'll forever give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us on tonight. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired. If you desire to be a blessing to the ministry, you may do so by sending a love gift to www.paypal.me forward slash VLCC or through our cash app, which is the dollar sign VLCC Life. We also invite you to stop by our website by clicking on the link. May God bless you and may your day always be victorious.